In August, we started a series called It's Personal. We asked you uh, to join us in reading through the Psalms uh, pretty much one a day uh, through from August 1st to December 31st. My hope is that you're like me, that although you might have fallen behind a couple times, you caught back up and you finished yesterday with Psalm 150. That's my hope, but if you didn't, that's okay. You're gonna, we're going to look at that today anyways, and then we're going to circle back around to the beginning as well for that. So uh, before we jump into that, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, I'm going to talk about Christmas because I'm still excited about Christmas. All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thanks for uh, this morning to be able to come and 11 hours into a new year, be able to give you worship. What a gift that is to be together. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would challenge us, that you would remind us of why we are on this earth, which is to give our Heavenly Father glory. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So uh, I don't know what this past couple weeks have looked like for you, but for me, it's been a lot of Christmas movies, family time, and so I thought I'd share a couple stories this morning from that time, uh, one of which was I was excited to, to watch uh, a new Christmas movie. There's not very often that new Christmas movies come out. We t- typically watch the same Christmas movies we watch every year. But this year, this year was a new Christmas movie. So if you've ever seen The Christmas Story, you know that the movie The Christmas Story Christmas came out. Now, here's the thing. I- I'm like all for nostalgia. We watched that movie every year growing up. And so when The Christmas Story Christmas came out, I was so excited to watch it. I watched it I think once with uh, my wife, I watched it once with uh, my in-laws, and I made my dad watch it. I think my dad and I watched it twice because my dad, it's like one of his favorite movies. And, uh, but anyways, not to spoil it. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. This happens in the first like four minutes, so I'm not spoiling it. But Ralphie's dad passes away, okay? And, and in that movie, mom asked Ralphie to write the obituary for his father. And you, as the movie progresses, he starts to go up into the attic and he's, he's trying to write this obituary. And at one point, his wife goes up to check and see where he's gotten. And on a pad of paper, he's only written three lines, right? Dad's obituary, born April 16th, passed away December 19th. Yeah, I, one of you found that funny, right? Like, that's it? That's all you got? Like, that's all the further you've got? That's all the further he'd gotten for most of the movie. Now, I'm not going to give you the rest of it because I want you to go watch it because it's, it's, a, it's a fun movie. But anyways, like, that's all he had. That, 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 at the end of his dad's life, that's, that's what he came up with. Now, he came, comes up with more. You can see the movie. But it started to make me think about this idea uh, that is in the, the book, the, the seven highly effective habits, I can't remember now, I'm blanking on it, right? But the second one is this, to start with the end in mind. And in it, he uses that analogy. What will someone write in your obituary at the end of your life? Like what, 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 what is somebody gonna write for you when you pass away? Now, I don't know, it's 2023 and that's kind of a morbid thing to start thinking about, but like, The truth is, is that something will be written about you and I when we pass from this earth. The question is, what will that be? And as I started to think about that, the end of mine, I started thinking about 2023, thinking about today, and I started to think, here's what I wanted to ask you. Where do you want to end 2023? Literally, as we begin 2023 today, where do you want to end it? 
This is my excuse to think about Christmas now, okay? Just kidding. Just kidding. But for real. Uh, where do you want to be at the end of this? It's that time of year where, you know, we, we make resolutions. Philip asked a funny question for us uh, as a team this morning back in the back. Is anybody making your New Year's resolutions? And nobody in the room had. So I don't know if that's becoming a thing that doesn't happen any longer or what. But I didn't feel too bad about the fact that I haven't made one yet. Okay, so, but this is the time of the year that happens. This is why gyms become full in the next two weeks, right? It's because everybody's going to lose weight this year. Uh-huh, right? Good luck with that, Okay. Like it's just not true. But my question is, like, if we play, apply that to our faith, what, are, what would your resolution be? What would you want to have happen by the end of 2023? What would you want your relationship with Jesus to look like? What habits do you want to be present in your life by the end of 2023 when it comes to your faith? What sins or struggles do you want to offer to God and by his grace and Holy Spirit hopefully overcome in 2023? Parents, what would you want your family to look like by the end of 2023? Because you see, if we don't think about what we want the end to look like, we don't really know how to get started. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at the end of the book of Psalms, and we're going to circle back around to how it all got started. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Psalm 150. We're going to jump there in a second. But, but I want to point us towards... The Westminster Shorter Catechism. I know that's kind of like a, a big name, and some of you might not even know what that is, but it's basically a set of 107 questions uh, that were written by theo, theolo, theologians to help us as lay people understand doctrine and theology. And the very first one, uh, very first one, the question is, and they're all forms of questions with answers. The question is this What is the chief end of man? The answer is the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever and enjoy him forever, sorry. So to glorify God. And this morning what we wanna look at is how do we in 2023 glorify God? I want this to be a goal of yours. It's a goal of mine. And is that our, our goal is to glorify God. That is true. It was true last year. It was true before, the year before that. It's true this year. We are on this earth for one reason. It's to give God glory, to bring praise to him. And as you've read the Psalms, as we close that out, 146, what is 146 about? An individual Israelite praises God for his grace, his power, his faithfulness to the needy. 147, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are urged to praise God for their regathering blessing and security in the years following their exile. 148, all creatures in heaven and on earth praise God as creator and redeemer of his people Israel. Psalm 149, the saints are invited to praise God since they have been saved from their enemies and to look forward to the blessing of their final judgment, which leads us to Psalm 150. It's the climax of book five. It's the climax of the Psalms in general. And this morning, as I read this, I want to remind you that I'm reading out of the ESV because that's what our journals are in, so it might sound a little bit different than yours if you're looking at an NLT. It says this, Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, and praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. 
Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that, that when I first read that, that was very repetitive. And in fact, it got so repetitive, I'm like, I'm not even sure what I read other than praise the Lord, right? But the truth is, is it's broken down into three different sections that are specifically for us to actually pay attention to. And so I wanna walk through those three sections because verse one tells us where we are to praise the Lord. Verse one says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Now, at the time that this was written, we would have known that the sanctuary would have been a place where they traveled to in order to give praise to God. But you and I know as a result of Jesus and his death on the cross that that no longer is the case. You don't have to be coming here to praise God. We can do that here collectively. But the truth is, is that you and I are now sanctuaries of the very living God. We carry with us the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your own body. The temple is no longer a structure, but it's everywhere we go. It's everywhere we go and everything we do, because we read later in 1 Corinthians that whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to be honest with you. I ate to the glory of God this past week. <laughs> Anybody else, Right? Like I was at my mother-in-law's and when I go to my mother-in-law's, she makes meals like she has the whole thing planned out. Like you can open up the refrigerator out in the garage and you can see what your future is, okay? And it looked great, okay? There's this miraculous thing that happens at my mother-in-law's where like she has this plates of cookies and, and those dang pretzel sticks that are dipped in white chocolate, like those are my arch nemesis, okay? Like I eat those till I have canker sores in my mouth, right? And every day we would clean that plate clear. And it was like, yes, we finished the cookies. And then you get up the next morning, come downstairs, and it was like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> They're all there again. How did that happen, right? Like, Jesus, please stop the flow of manna, okay? Like, I can't handle this gym membership 2023, okay? Like, here we go. But, but the truth is, is we... Worship God everywhere we go. So in 2023, wherever you go, be reminded that your job is to glorify God. Section two says this, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. This is why, this is why we glorify God. And I love this, for his mighty deeds. I don't know about you, but this morning as the band was practicing and getting ready, I sat right down here and I thought about this past year. And I thought about the mighty deeds that God did for me and my family and the people that I love. In fact, there's some of your names in my journal this morning as a result of sitting here and doing just this, giving God praise and glory for what he did over this past year. My question is, have you stopped to do that? Have you stopped before we jump into another year just to thank God and give him praise and glory for what he did for you and your family this past year? Maybe it wasn't a great year. 
Maybe it was just been a, a chock full of difficulty. In fact, and when I say that, you're like, I don't even want to stop and give thanks for any of that. But notice the next part of it. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. The truth is, is that God's been great long before this past year, long before whatever terrible thing happened to you last, and he will be great through 23 and to 24 and to 25 and until Jesus comes back. You can praise him for qualities like sovereignty, holiness, the fact that he does not change his love, grace, goodness, compassion, justice, his truth, and his wisdom. You can give God praise for those things because this, this is Romans eleven thirty six. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. There's a lot to give God glory for. And so whatever the reason might be for you to, to have a why to give him glory in 2023, we're not only called to do it everywhere we go, but we're called to do it specifically about those things that he has done for us. And then there's section three. This is probably my favorite section because I'm the least musical person in the room. But it says this in verses three through five. Praise him with a trumpet sound. Praise him with a lute and a harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crash, crashing Clashing symbols. I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what a lute is. Okay? And I'm pretty sure the second part of verse 5 is for me. Loud clashing symbols. Because I wouldn't be on beat and it would just sound like noise. Okay? So, this is how. How do we give God glory and praise? How do we go about that? And, and I, I read this in a commentary this past week. He's basically said, like, I don't even know if we put all these together if it would sound good, right? We'd have to have the right musicians understand the right music in order for this to even sound like a joyful noise. Well, the point isn't that. The point is everything that we have. The point is every instrument with which God has given us, we're supposed to give back to him praise and glory. And I don't mean every instrument as in like the one that you might have in your closet and haven't played since seventh grade. I mean everything he's given you. We're called to give him praise with everything we have. I, I imagine this scene like a celebration. And so I thought I'd tell you this story too. My mother-in-law might kill me for this one, but sorry. Um, over this past summer, my family, uh, my in-laws, we all, they all went back to home, right, my, my in-laws' home. And, and my father-in-law owns a farm, and so they've got a good bit of land. And I was not able to make it to this trip, um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because I wasn't part of the problem. But um, my family's a little bit competitive. And by a little bit, I mean a whole lot, okay? And so they decided to have a family kickball game. What could go wrong, Right? We only have like, you know, six through 12-year-old little souls in our hands as we play kickball. And uh, the kickball game went south because my two brother-in-laws were on opposite sides of the teams, right? And at some point, uh, all I remember is when I got home, I heard story after story, especially from my sweet daughter who uh, informed me that uh, the, the two cousins, uh, my son and my nephew, decided to start kicking towards him because, as they didn't say so quietly, she'll never catch it. 
Uh, yeah, so that was great. That was tears number one. Uh, there are seven grandkids. Six of them by the end of the game were crying. I think the two twins, the two twins, which happened to be my wife and her sister, had more than one pulled muscle. Uh, when my wife returned home from that trip, she was kind of limping a little bit around the house, right? And my mother-in-law was infuriated, right? I'm pretty sure the statement was, and my wife can correct me if this is wrong, as they walked in, this is a result of you two, right? To my, brother, to my brother-in-laws. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that I was not there, right? <laughs> Favorite again, <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with the kickball game of terror, right? Like, I wasn't there, my mother-in-law, right? And then like we even talked about, so you would think as we all gather together again, the one thing we wouldn't do is something competitive. Nope, right? Instead, we decided to have a bump tournament. I don't know if you ever heard of bump before, but it's kind of like sorry, except for with marbles. And, uh, and it's intense because when you bump somebody, like you, you land on their spot, you know, especially my niece, and she drives me nuts. She just like, wham, and then your marble goes flying across the room and you can't find it because she bumps you literally, right? And so we were playing and we, we drew for teams because the only way to make a fair is to draw for teams. And there happened to be one team that was all adults. This was... My one brother-in-law who's super competitive and my wife. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that's like the worst pairing in my in-law family to put together. They are so annoying together, right? <laughs> so annoying. They, have, they literally have their own celebration song for when they win things. <laughs> Not even kidding you. Like, and it's queued up every time they get on a team together. Like fate had it that they would be together. The only team that was all kids was my son and my niece Olivia. Right? And, and the rest of us were paired with adult and a kid. And so we're playing bump, and I don't even remember what night, point in the night this was. Our tournament didn't end. We actually had to postpone it to the next day because it got too late. But anyways, like at one point, my, my, my brother-in-law and my wife are playing my son and my niece, Olivia and Taylor. And, and I'm not kidding you, they had the most epic comeback, the kids, ever. And my son somehow, I think it was either he or my, I don't remember who rolled the dice, it was just the perfect number to win the game. And you would have, you could have heard us here. And we were in Illinois, okay? Like there was massive celebration. My son screamed for like 45 seconds. I thought he was going to pass out, right? Massive celebration in the house that the, 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 the evil ones had been defeated, right? And, and I mean, it went on for like five minutes. And I thought to myself as this was going on, this is it. Why would this celebration be bigger than us celebrating Jesus every single Sunday? Why would a missed field goal be a bigger celebration? Sorry, Ohio State fans, right? A bigger celebration than what we do giving glory to God for all he's done for us. Why would a World Cup, why would anything supersede us in worship of our God? Why? What? Why? Why? Now I know we're all tired today. I'm tired. I stayed up till midnight last night. Bad idea. Um, but the, when we came in here, but why would our worship, when we come into this room, not be the most glorious thing ever? Our goal, our goal is to glorify God. That's why we moved. I asked to move the sermon to the front of the service because I want to give us some opportunity this morning to do just that. 
My, my favorite moments in worship, hands down, are when I sit up here overwhelmed by your voices and I just shut my mouth and listen to you guys sing. Because every once in a while, there's some song that just hits different and you guys sing at a different level. And it feels a lot like what I think heaven will feel like. And, and so, with whatever you have, your goal is to glorify God this morning. But there's one more line. It's verse six. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I know you can't look back at this, but in the original language, you see praise at the beginning of every single one of these sentences. And there's two words that come after it, two or three. But, but in verse six, there's multiple words. And, and I was reading this past week that, that it's intended for this to be um, a build. I don't know if you like these songs or not, but we sing some worship songs that, that kind of repeat the same line over and over and over. And sometimes people are like, that's so repetitive. There's a purpose to it. Because as you sing it, you should be thinking about it. You should be meditating on it. It should mean more every single time. We're giving you more opportunity to actually say it with meaning behind it. And as I read commentaries this past week and studied this passage, it said that this is, this is the purpose. This is the intent. And so I want to read this as if it was building. So this is Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound and praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance and praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. But let me take one second to be honest with you this morning. You can't give God that kind of glory if you don't know him. You can't give God that kind of glory if you're not spending time with him. You can't give God that kind of glory unless you're allowing him to reveal himself to you. And so we're gonna end this series where we started. Psalm 1 Verse one, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. You see, the book of Psalms is is circular. If you delight in his word and you meditate on it day and night, you will end in Psalm 150 with giving him praise and glory and honor. Let's do his name. And so, as you leave and start 2023, I want you to notice, if you want to glorify God in this way, you have to get to know God. And that's gonna take time each day, quieting your soul, opening his word, and letting him speak to you and reveal himself to you. And so my encouragement to you would be able to do that through the rest of this year, 2023, to give God more glory. Let me leave you with this. This is a word from Revelation 5. I believe this is what will 
look like at the end of time. And the truth is, and we know this from scripture, that whether we want to or not, one day every knee will bow in glory to God. Every knee. That includes us in here and those outside of this room. Revelation 5, 13 says this, and then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, this morning, as we start this new year, we wanna give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise that you're due. But to be truthful with you, we are so distracted. I'm so distracted. And so Jesus, would you send your Holy Spirit to work in my heart, to, to call me back to that moment every morning where I'd sit before you so you can reveal yourself to me through your word and through prayer. And then as a result of growing closer to you, that I would give you more glory and that we would just see that cycle through this year, that we would come to grow deeper in our relationship with you and give you more and more glory because you deserve it. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for creating us. Our chief end to be, to glorify you and enjoy you forever. Allow us to do that more so this year than we ever have in any other year. We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in your precious name.